Hi, my name's Allie, and this is the Conscious and Curious Podcast. This podcast was birthed out of my genuine love and curiosity for people, along with my fascination in learning about everyone's different stories, experiences, and perspectives that shaped them into the person they are today. Spending the last few years of my life solo traveling the world and meeting people from all different walks of life, combined with my personal background and passion in health and spirituality, my intention is to bring forward conscious, unique, and thought-provoking guests and conversations that help provide people with a deeper level of understanding, empathy, and compassion for all. In today's current climate, I think it's pretty clear to see the intense polarity, disconnection, and lack of love being disseminated. And it's my deepest belief that there isn't a person in this world you wouldn't love if you could listen to their story. And so we begin. Sonia Patesca is a mindset coach, subconscious reprogrammer, and psyche facilitator, human design expert, a kundalini yoga and meditation teacher, and breathwork enthusiast. Using these tools, she helps clients create breakthroughs as well as lives and careers they love. She has an MBA from NYU focusing on strategy and global business, as well as a Bachelor of Science in Biochemistry and French from Tufts University, and over three years of experience working in immunology research at Harvard Medical School. Sonia healed herself from depression and other chronic health issues through focusing on living in alignment with her human design, mindset shifts, spiritual practices, breathwork, as well as lifestyle changes. She is passionate about helping people overcome fear and limiting beliefs in order to create lives and businesses they love. Sonia moved to Miami in 2020, fulfilling her lifelong dream of living in a warm climate near the beach. In this episode today, we chat about moving from your head to your heart space, our healing journeys, kundalini yoga, body image, breath work, being a rebel, ditching alcohol, human design, site K, reclaiming our power, and so much more. And before we get into it, just a quick note, this episode was originally quite a bit longer, but we condensed it down for hopefully a better listening experience. So you may notice a few parts may seem the slightest bit choppy, but nonetheless, there are so many great gems sprinkled throughout the entire episode. With that, please enjoy my chat today with Sonia Potesca. Sonia, welcome to the Conscious and Curious podcast. Thank you so much for your time and for being here. So we initially met over the summer in Miami through some mutual friends, and we got to hang out a few times, which was so much fun. And then we've been able to stay connected through good old social media since then. So it's been so wonderful to follow along on your journey and just get to know you more in depth sense. Thank you again for being here. To start out, Sonia, would you mind to give us a background and just an introduction of yourself and the journey you've taken to lead you to where you are today? Sure. So as of now, I help people create big transformations and shifts in their lives. And I use human design, subconscious reprogramming with Psyche, uh, mindset coaching, and uh, breath work which are the tools that I've found have been the most helpful on my journey of healing and transformation. So, you know, I've, I've been on a personal growth journey for a while. I remember specifically, I was studying abroad in Paris in maybe 2008, 2009. And my mom sent me Abraham Hicks CDs to listen to. Uh, So that, uh, you know, that was kind of my my beginning, the beginning of my journey uh, deeper into the world of personal growth. I would say it's been a very non-linear journey with lots of ups and downs and really trying a bunch of things to heal myself. I struggled with depression for a while and and yeah, I, I knew I didn't want to go the pharmaceutical route, so I really... Um, tried different tools to heal myself naturally. And, and it's definitely been a journey of, of unlearning and, and, and a journey from the intellect to the heart, really. I know that wasn't really a, 
a linear introduction, but you know, <laughs> I'm a manifesting generator. I flow with it. It was perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we were just chatting right before the call that we're both like in this space where we're feeling like more tender and in our heart space. So we kind of are like on the same wavelength today for the call. So I think it's perfect. And it's been an interesting journey for you. So you went from studying pre-med to an MBA at NYU to three years of immunology research at Harvard Medical School to now leaving that all behind and opening up your own business and becoming a mindset coaching teacher. So as you mentioned, you went from your left brain to your right brain, your head to your heart, your analytical mind to your intuitive mind. Can you talk mm -hmm. me through that voyage a bit? Was there like a tipping point where all of that changed for you? Mm. I grew up in Poland, so I, I should mention that. And I moved to the US when I was 16 with my mom. That was a big transition and it wasn't really my decision. I was always really good in school, whether in Poland or here, and really good at math and science. And um, my grandparents really wanted me to be a doctor, of course, to take care of them later in life. <laughs> And, you know, I've always had this desire to help people and, and um, make the world a better place, and, <laughs> which was, you know, I, it might sound naive, but, but I figured, well, being a doctor was a noble profession, and, and that was a good way to help people. Uh, I decided, well, I, I'm, you know, I'm good at science, might as well. Uh, you know, be pre-med. And, and then I ended up with a biochemistry major as well. I was determined to go to medical school, even though it was kind of becoming clear that I had some resistance towards that. So after college, I ended up doing research in immunology, as you mentioned. And it was then that, you know, I, I had one dark night of the soul, one of uh, many in my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I, I realized I didn't really want to continue that the future of medical school and or, you know, science research just didn't spark anything in me. So the, the thing that felt exciting was moving to New York. And I had a lot of insecurities come up, which I didn't know what to do with, really, because I didn't really have the tools to deal with that at that point. And, and I started seeking and started doing the work by Byron Katie. And I found Gabby Bernstein. And through her, I found Kundalini Yoga and started doing Kundalini Yoga a lot. And that's when, you know, it became clear that alcohol and, and all these relationship patterns that I had um, were not serving me. And, and it still, it took a long time to let go of those. So fast forward to 2018, when I found human design, it helped me release a lot of judgment about who I was. I guess when it all came together was when I decided to come to Miami, I was guided here by my intuition and just trusted and followed that. I think really coming here and being in a warm climate, which has been had been my dream my whole life and being near the ocean has been so healing. Amazing, Sonia. Thank you so much for sharing. You touched on so many things there that I would love to dive into a bit deeper. One of those mm. is Kundalini Yoga. So you are a certified Kundalini Yoga and meditation teacher. For anyone who's mm. not familiar with Kundalini Yoga, can you tell us a bit about it and how it differs from traditional, say, like vinyasa flow yoga? Mm. Yeah, sure. So for me, it was really a much deeper experience. And <clears throat> when I started it at Kundalini Yoga East in Union Square, New York, I didn't know why, but I just knew I had to keep doing it. And, and yeah, like the, the focus was more on the internal experience rather than being able to do, you know, whatever crazy poses and, um, and, you know, you do it with your eyes closed mostly. So it's a very, yeah, inward experience, basically. Mm -hmm. So for me, it, it just was so much deeper than, you know, some other yoga practices. And, um, and yeah, stuff comes, comes up during the practice. Yeah. And I just want to add in a little side note here that 
Kundalini is no joke. Like it is so mm. powerful. I mean, I've done several classes at this point and in January of 2018, I also had a spontaneous Kundalini awakening and she ain't playing like that is a powerful practice. And I actually mm. remember I'm having this flashback of before I had like any sort of an awakening back when I was working and living in LA I remember noticing how our finance director at the time for the company I was working at was so calm all the time. Like we were, it was a mm. startup environment. So it was very chaotic. And even in the most stressful of situations, he was so calm all the time. And I was like, yo, like Tucker, what is your secret? Like, tell me everything. How are you staying so calm? And he attributed it to Kundalini yoga. And I wasn't ready for it at the time. I remember he was trying to get me to go to like a class with him in LA. And I just wasn't in that place to be able to allow that into my life. But him saying that definitely stuck with me and it came back, you know, full circle at mm. the perfect time. So yeah, beautiful. Thank mm. you. Thanks for sharing. Mm -hmm. And another extremely profound tool for transformation that you practice and teach is breath work. How did you get into breath work and what are the benefits of it? Mm, yeah, that's actually a funny story because people kept telling me I need to, I needed to do breath work. And the whole, the word triggered me. I'm like, well, I'm a Kundalini teacher. Like I know breath work, you know, breath of fire and all. Um, but, you know, but so many people had told me that at, at this point that I was like, okay, there's something there. Cause I had a lot of resistance and that's when I know um, there's something there. Mm -hmm. So I actually, yeah, started practicing this technique, the three part breath, it's all through the mouth, two part inhale and a natural exhale. And I just, I found this class on online and, and attended it almost every day. And it was very, very powerful and healing and, and like actually gets you really high. It wasn't easy to do because it's 21 minutes of the active breathing, but I felt so good after it and just so much more centered and people started telling me that like my whole vibration changed and so I was like okay there's something here yeah yeah and people do as you were saying like people notice the shifts I remember the first night that I met you Sonia you walked into the room and your energy just felt so sparkly to me like I was instantly drawn to you I like I'm a very like I read mm -hmm. energy more than anything else and I was just like Ooh, who's this shiny human? And once I found out you practice like Kundalini and breath work and all of these other beautiful tools, I was like, oh, of course, of course. So mm. it's so true. Like people can notice the internal shifts that we're making through these practices. It's, it's visible, you know, externally. And if you participate in one of these like longer breath work classes, which I've done several times, you see people after a while start to go into this almost like exorcism type state where their bodies are shaking, their wrists are locking up, they're screaming, laughing, crying. It's intense. But then on the other mm. side of it, as you were saying, it is pure bliss and joy and love like I've never known before and freedom. It is just like night and day walking into a breathwork class and leaving one. What is what exactly is mm. happening here? Hmm. Well, I, I think it is really the endorphins being released and just, yeah, a natural raising of vibration. And, you know, I think it is really about a consistent practice. And well, one thing I just wanted to also touch on what you said, um, in terms of like people noticing your vibration, because for me, I always thought like, well, once I'm in a high vibration, then like, I won't have these, you know, these lows or struggles, but you know, I obviously as a human, you still experience them. Um, so it's, um, it's interesting because to me, I guess I, I have a, I always had a very high standard for myself of like, you know, like almost, an, yeah, an unattainable standard of like, okay, when I'm high vibrational, like I'm above, you know, I'm above <laughs> the, the lows. And it's been, yeah, very a very humbling journey because yeah, it's still like, I still go through my lessons. We have this idea of when we're healed you know we'll be in this place where like 
things won't affect us or, or whatever idea we have that I've had at least. <laughs> totally. I can relate. Yeah. It's, you feel like you reach this new level and you're going to stay in it, but it's not like that. As you said, I believe healing's not linear, like stuff will continually circle back around. So thanks for sharing. Mm. I think that's important to recognize. And something mm. else, Sonia, that I know we share in common is that we both have gone on our own individual health journeys. I know in 2020, you were diagnosed with Lyme disease as I was back in 2017. And I was wondering if you'd be open to sharing your experience just with health and healing in general and what you've learned through that process. Yeah, so, so you know, I was experiencing a lot of, well, I experienced depression, I experienced chronic fatigue, um, digestive issues, you know, uh, just my body feeling out of balance and, and I saw help in, you know, like Western medicine and allopathic medicine and didn't find any answers there. You know, mostly the doctors were like, well, your labs look fine. You're fine. Uh, I'm like, well, I don't feel fine. What's <laughs> going on? So then I went to the naturopathic route and and didn't really find many answers there either, except for, you know, I was on very restrictive diets and a lot of supplements. And my days revolved around making my own food because I had to control all, all the ingredients and taking supplements. You know, that the, the Lyme diagnosis, um, after that, I was also on this very restrictive regimen. So. And then I was like, no, there, there has to be a better way. And there was a woman in my Kundalini training who, who preached, um, you know, natural ways of healing depression. And she introduced me to the concept of German new medicine or Germanic healing knowledge, which is a bit controversial because it explores the emotional root causes of symptoms. Um, so it's not really as much about what you're eating or, um, you know, like the lab test results. It's, it's about really like what you're believing about your body and the Western system really has you believe that your body is, is kind of weak and, and broken and, and needs all these um, pharmaceuticals to, to make it whole or all these interventions, depending on your condition. So German New Medicine really gave me this, this new mindset. It's like, oh, okay, I can change my beliefs. I can give my body a message of safety so it can heal. And obviously, I, I eliminated a lot of, you know, toxic chemicals from, from my environment and all that. And I, I recognized um, the importance of, you know, a free medicine, and especially that's what was so great um, about moving to Miami to being able to be in the sun, like to me, the sun is, is very important for healing and, and I don't use sunscreen, which can be controversial for some people. Uh, but I don't believe in sunscreen because <laughs> I believe we're meant to um, be exposed to the sun um, and grounding, you know, putting your feet on the earth swimming in the ocean, you know, taking advantage of, of these healing things. Well, breath work, obviously, too. So for me, it was really leaving the restriction and having to control and all that stress behind and tuning into how can I move in the direction of relief of like, even when I am experiencing fatigue or depression, it's like, it's okay. And, and my body is healing and my body knows what to do. Like my body is amazing. Like the, the, you know, all the processes that need to um, take place for my body to function. It's, it's incredible to think about. So there's so much power and, and there's, as long as there's life force in your body, like you can heal. Yeah. Wow. Everything that you said really resonates with me. I know we're on similar paths and wavelengths. And I think it's interesting when people go through 
something like a chronic illness and they don't get answers from the traditional allopathic methods, we're forced to go on our own journey of self-discovery. And the things that we, that most people find out through that journey is very eye-opening. And I think you touched on a lot of that there. Mm. Something I think we're both passionate about that you briefly mentioned is taking our power back, you know, taking doctors Mm. off of these pedestals and tuning back into ourselves over everything else. I remember like I used to bow down and do exactly what any doctor or healer or naturopath or anyone told me to do. And unfortunately that ended up leading me to like a very dark, sick and disconnected place. And now I'm at the point, if I go see a doctor or a naturopath or anyone, I'm I'm like, yeah, I'll hear you out, but I will always follow my intuition over your opinion. And wouldn't you know it, like tuning back into myself is what's helped me heal the most. And I just really want to continue to empower others to do the same. I just think that's so important. And I'd like to go into that a little bit more, but you also mentioned Mm. alcohol. You talked about alcohol. It's something that you and I both let go of in recent years. For me, I started winning off of it a few years ago because it was negatively affecting my health. And then once I began working with plant medicine, the desire just hasn't really come back for me. But I'm curious, what inspired you to stop drinking? Was that a part of like the process of healing from Lyme? Well, for me, it wasn't really even a choice because it started feeling so horrible when I did it. Like, you know, the next day, even if I'd had like one drink and I I would just feel so so tired and depressed, it completely messed up my... um, um, my sleep. So, and I, I do think it started with um, with when I started doing Kundalini. I just became so much more sensitive to it, and I continued trying to do it because it was a big part. You know, even culturally, being raised in Poland, it's like, oh, you don't drink. Like, what, what's wrong with you? But it, it was a problem, and I've, yeah, I've had some very dark times with alcohol, and I I don't really miss it. So it's you know, it's like, even if I wanted to do it, like, it's just not worth the pain after because I'm so much more, yeah, sensitive. So, and and that comes with many things. And, and you mentioned, um, I'm glad you mentioned the doctor thing, because yeah, I used to trust doctors blindly. That is um, uh, dangerous too for us when we aren't taught to listen to ourselves and our intuition and to check in we're, we're trust we're just taught to trust these authorities blindly like a big part of why I think I struggled with depression was birth control because I was on it for so many years and you know doctors you know traditional doctors will tell you that it's harmless that you know it, it's totally safe And, you know, obviously I trusted that and, you know, like my skin was perfect. So my, my period was regulated. Like I didn't have any, any pain, but yeah, you know, I didn't have the awareness that, that it could have potential negative effects. And and now we're learning more about that. And, and there are other examples as well, but um, yeah. I don't know. I got off track. (laughs) So bring us back. We're both manifesting generators. This is like how our conversations are supposed to go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I have had really, really negative experiences with birth control too. tried every single one because every doctor would just tell me like, Oh, just, we'll just get you on a different one. This one's just not suited for you. Like my body was telling me screaming at me very loud and clear like get the f off of this it is not Mm. it's not helping so thanks for adding that in there that's a big topic for women another really Mm. large topic for women is that of body image I'm curious Sonia Mm. what has your relationship been like with your body over the years have you always held like unconditional love towards it or has it been a journey for you to come back to loving your body yeah, no, that's, that's definitely been a journey. I, yeah, in, in college, I think because of the stress of just, um, you know, being away from home for the first time, drinking a lot, trying to, you know, excel in school, I, I did gain a lot of weight. And, and I think it was just a, a reflection of not being fulfilled and in balance. So 
and then and then yeah for years I mean I tried to lose weight I, I you know I, I had a lot of issues with with my body um, and and then I lost weight when I was you know going through a breakup or really sad when I was at my I guess what you would call ideal weight it was usually because I went through something tough and so stressful that I didn't want to eat. So it, it was a long journey. And, and really, I think it was since starting breathwork in 2021. I mean, obviously, I did a lot of different things. I had the intention to just feel better in my body and healthier and more in balance. But I wasn't actively trying to lose weight. And it kind of just happened. Um, naturally so now I would say that I am happy with how I look but it you know it wasn't a specific focus whenever I would try to like focus on it and like work out a bunch or limit the amount I was eating because I'm also like non-strategic like I'm you know whenever I focus on this this outcome that I really want it doesn't really work out that way so it's funny um so yeah so the body thing was was big and and now I don't really you know think about it as much I enjoy the way I look now and it's really through ease rather than trying to make it happen so I don't know if that'll make sense but yeah. hopefully <laughs> yeah it did yeah it sounds like you eased up on the control mm -hmm. and then you just started focusing on other things and doing your own like internal healing and as a side effect of that your body ended up at the quote unquote, like ideal place where you feel really good in it. Now, if there's someone out there right now, who's struggling, you know, with really loving their body and what they see in the mirror every day, what would you say to them as a starting point? Hmm. Well, I think it really is about being grateful for your body and, and all the ways that it is supporting you and knowing that your body is for you and it wants you to thrive so yeah just showing it showing it love in in any way you can and and you don't have to be perfect at it you know I I'm still not perfect at it I have trouble and it's okay so you know it's, it's you're maybe never going to have a perfect relationship with your body but um, but just realizing like your body has all it needs within itself to heal and just supporting it in any way you can. Yeah, telling yourself that you're safe, that you trust your body, practicing those beliefs, um, whatever you can, you can say to yourself to really experience some some relief, some more ease, some peace, moving in the direction of relief is so important. Yeah, because it's so true. Like our bodies are so powerful and they're working so hard for us every single day. And if, if even just like, it could be something as simple as starting off by finding just one positive thing you love about your body. It could be your toes. Like if you love your toes and just affirming mm -hmm. that back to yourself every day and just building from there, I, I think it's so important to, yeah, just be able to get to a place of, of peace within, you mm -hmm. know, these meat suits that these avatars that were existing in and way easier said than done. Something else that we both connect on is being a rebel. I know you mentioned in one of your recent posts that you are a rebel, that you think differently, you question the belief systems that we've been programmed to accept as truth, what you teach to your clients is a threat to the system that's at play. Something I strongly resonate with. Can you go into this mm -hmm. a bit deeper? Have you always been this way? No, I was, uh, for a long time, I was terrified to do something that went against, um, you know, the mainstream narrative. And I didn't really question the mainstream narrative but then um you know I think going through something hard and not being able to find answers in the conventional system makes you exactly seek other other ways so 
a huge influence on me was was Dr. Kelly Brogan, um, who I met during my Kundalini teacher training. And she wasn't prescribing antidepressants for depression. And she was into healing depression naturally and through lifestyle changes. And, and she's um, definitely been also controversial. So that was kind of the first experience I had. And well, my mom was also a, a nutrition coach as well. So I had some exposure to that world. So, so I was open in some ways, but I think it's really the beginning of 2020. I had lost my corporate job. And then, you know, the big C happened. And, and actually, I was listening to Kelly speak about her reflection. She mentioned that, oh, you know, I, I had left behind the fear of germs and the germ theory. And at first I was like, well, is she crazy? Like, what does she mean? She isn't, she's not afraid of germs. <laughs> but then I started looking into it more and, you know, the, the reading up on the terrain theory and German new medicine and all that. You know, I just started questioning everything because also, yeah, I didn't have a job at that point. And I had time to really research things. And research is great, but it really, you know, I started really checking in with myself whether it made sense to me. And yeah, now I, I still I'm still on the journey of, of questioning everything um, and, and really putting it through my own life experience filter uh, instead of accepting it so that's so important to question everything the the <laughs> title in this podcast it's conscious and curious so just staying open and curious is i think one of the most beneficial things we can do especially in the, mm -hmm. these times so i want to circle back to the idea of returning to you know our own power and guidance and reclaiming our sovereignty i think this is so essential and a lesson that we're all in the very beginning stages of learning as a collective right now and we will continue to perhaps be forced to learn in the years to come if mm -hmm. people right now sonia find that they're consistently deferring to external sources or people outside of themselves for everything that they do in their life. What do you think is one simple step people can take to start just reclaiming themselves today? Mm. I think it is about building more awareness. So, so yeah. And questioning is like, okay, do I really believe this or do I really want this? or is it hasn't been has it been programmed yeah yeah thanks for sharing do you have any perspective perhaps a higher perspective on what you feel is going on in the world above from what we are currently just seeing <coughs> at, at eye level excuse me sorry <laughs> no worries <laughs> Some uh, throat chakra <laughs> stuff is coming up for me. Um, I think it's a big intensifying of both the light and the dark. And, you know, I think we're leaving behind the old world and the old paradigm and entering this new kind of world and paradigm, but we don't really know what it looks like yet. So it's a big transition time and it's not an easy time. So it's like all these old structures and um, institutions and authorities are falling away. And it's really coming back to, as you said, the sovereignty and the individual and our own power. Um, and yeah, and, you know, the lives are being exposed, things um, we've been programmed to so that people can wake up, can question and you know, kind of decide what reality they want to live in and get, you know, choose the, the perspective that they want to live. Yeah, I think it's been more clear than ever that everyone in the world is, has been existing in very different realities, especially 2020 onward. I think that's been clear as day to see. Mm. All right. So 
You know, a theme and goal of this podcast is hopefully to begin to bring back more empathy and compassion into the world, especially for people who we may judge or we don't fully understand based on their individual beliefs or perspectives or just the way that they like operate in the world that may be vastly different from us or from what we've been told is quote unquote, like the right way. And I just think mm-hmm. it's so easy to judge and dismiss others when we simply just don't understand. So one of the things I love so much about a tool that you're an expert in is that it helps us better just accept and understand and hold compassion for both ourselves and others. And that tool is called human design. For anyone who's not familiar with human design, can you elaborate on what this is? Sure. Um, And there's, there's so much I could say about this, but it's really about learning about your authentic self, who your soul wanted you to be when you came into this world. So when you're born, you are living your design. But then you as you grow up, you get all these messages about how you need to be in order to be loved, successful, um, accepted, etc. So you start adopting all these different ways that people are that people tell you are the right ways to be you know I can say it's a combination of different um, systems like the chakra system I Ching Kabbalah astrophysics and astrology but really I think the most important thing is that yeah it teaches us that different things work for different people and And helps you, like it did for me, release some of that self-judgment around how you operate. Because usually we have an inkling about what our design is, but we're like, no, we shouldn't be this way. We should be, you know, more linear or just commit to one thing and stick to it um, or whatever it is. But really human design, yeah, can help you love yourself more and, and accept yourself and then know how to use your energy correctly, exchange your energy with the world around you, and how to make the right decisions. Yeah, so mm. the central idea of human design, it's like you said, it's deconditioning and it's silencing, you know, the outside world's noise and just coming back to mm. what's true for us. And I know that there are yeah. five main energy types in human design. Maybe that would be a good starting point. Would you mind to chat about each of the energy types and something that you think is important for people to know or take away from each one? Sure. Yeah, we can definitely do that. And I think it's, it's really important. One more thing that I wanted to mention is, yeah, it really tells you about your gifts and talents and superpowers. And the way I present it, it's meant to be empowering. And, you know, it's not like, oh, I can't do something because of my human design. It's, it's um, how to use what you have in the best way. So, so okay, so the energy types. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are manifestors. Um, we'll start with manifestors. They were traditionally the kings and queens. And... Um, and kind of the leaders and and they're meant to kind of initiate movements and start things and rally energy. So they're about eight to 9% of the population. And each energy type also has a strategy. So for manifestors, the strategy is to inform. And each energy type also has a signature when they are living their design which for manifestors is peace and a not self when they're listening too much to the conditioning of the world. So for manifestors, that's anger. For manifestors, it's, they're kind of the just do it people, you know, kind of the Nike. So then there are generators who are here to uplift the world, but really through following their desires. So for them, it's really about saying no to things that do not light them up. And when they are doing something they love, they become so sparkly and juicy and uh, uplift the rest of us. So, so for generators, the strategy is to respond. So a life sends them something, an idea and a, or a synchronicity. And if they feel excited about it, they need to say yes to it. So they're governed by the sacral. Um, and the sacral is all about that excitement, that creativity, that desire, and um, their signature is satisfaction. 
and their not self is frustration. So watching out for those two. Generators are about 35% of the population. And then the manifesting generators are a combination of the first two, the manifester and the generator. And the manifesting generators are about 35% as well as the population. And they're really here to do it all, to, you know, to be nonlinear, to be all over the place, to do one thing as long as it lights them up. And then once it no longer lights them up, they leave it behind and move on to something new. And the universe helps them out by giving them a surge of mastery, like they get good at things quickly because they're meant to do so many different things, but maybe not go as deep into it. So that's really been my experience with all the different tools that I've gathered. And now they're kind of starting to fit in together. But it's really not about having the strategy of like, first, I'm going to learn human design, and then I'm going to learn psyche. And, you know, it's just, it was really for me about following my sacral and my excitement. So, you know, long-term commitments and kind of getting locked into things for manifesting generators is not great because we need that freedom to change our minds. And then there are projectors who are about 20% of the population and they came into the world in the 18th century and they're, they're actually here to guide the rest of us to use our energy more effectively and they see a certain niche or a system or several systems uh, very well and they're kind of more the birds in the tree that have a different perspective than the rest of us who are kind of on the ground so their work is very different they're not meant to keep up with the rest of the world you know, they're, um, they're what's called non-energy beings. So they're here to see and not do as much. Um, and their strategy is to wait to be invited. So really, they, they shouldn't really give advice um, without the other person having recognized them for having wisdom. So, you know, they, because they're very wise, so they often will try to tell people what they see but they have to make sure that the other person has space to receive their wisdom and, and invites them, whether that's energetically or literally. So their signature is success and, and um, their not self is bitterness. And then the last uh, energy type um, is the reflector and they're 1% of the population. So they're pretty rare. And so all of their energy centers are open. So that means they're just taking in the world. They're just so sensitive and their environment is key for them. And it really, for the rest of us, it is kind of about like figuring out who you are, but for reflectors, they're such chameleons. It's really whoever they're around, they can almost become that person. And the rest of the energy types, the other four are, we're solar beings. And the reflectors are lunar beings, so they're really ruled by the moon. And uh, for big decisions, they need to wait the whole moon cycle, so 28 days. Um, so they're very different, but they also have so much wisdom to share, and they belo belong at the center of the tribe. And really, the health of the reflector reflects the health of, of the collective, so... Yeah, yeah. Reflectors are so unique. When you're in their presence, it's like, you know. <laughs> I just love human design so much, truly like so much. It, I know it's been a game changer for you as it has for me as well. It really just gives us licensing to completely be ourselves. I mean, I, I think going through my chart just made me I was just able to understand and accept myself exactly as I am, because there were all these things that I labeled as flaws or as, you know, weird or whatever. Mm -hmm. And truthfully, like there's nothing wrong with, with how I am. It's absolutely perfect. It's who I came here to be. And when we begin to like see ourselves in that light and then see that other people came in this world to be completely different from us, it really eases up that judgment. And, you know, it helps with like the misunderstanding of them because 
they're just living out their soul's blueprint as we are. Like we're all here to interact differently and we're all on our own paths and journeys and timelines. So it's just such a beautiful tool to help remember that. Do you ever think about Sonia, like how amazing it would be if, if human design began to be incorporated into like everyday conversations with people when you're first meeting them mm -hmm. or even like in school or in the workplace, if it was just taught and honored and celebrated, like how uniquely different we are, that would just be the mm -hmm. best gift to our children. I, I, I hope that that's the future we're going to step into at some point. Yeah, no, I, I love when my clients get human design readings for their children and like mm. I'm like oh how wonderful and then you know they parent them accordingly yeah. you know for example I'm a three five profile and so it's all about learning through your quote-unquote mistakes and really allowing yourself to to go through that trial and error process and and my profile has been very liberating for me because realizing that I'm meant to, you know, kind of share what works, what doesn't and share as I'm going through things and share the messiness of, of my life, because that's how I inspire others instead of trying to be like this, like, oh, I'm so perfect and I have it all figured out. I was trying to be that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I think we all are. We're trying to fit into this box for so much of our lives. And then it's tools like human design where we're able to see like, oh, I was never meant to fit in that box. Like this is the path I'm mm -hmm. meant to be walking and it's, it's perfect. So yeah. yeah, I mean, there's so much we can go into with human design. You, you just touched on profiles, there's authorities, there's, um, like if, if someone were to do an in-depth reading with you, they'd be able to find out things like how to manifest your gifts, talents, and purpose, how to eat for your design, environment you thrive in. I mean, there's so many wonderful things that you can find out from just looking at into your chart. We could really spend hours here, but yeah. I don't want to overwhelm listeners, especially if they're brand new to this. So I think we gave them a bit of a taste of human design for now. And then Sonia, if people are interested in looking up the human design chart online, just to figure out the basics, do you have a preferred place that you direct people to? I know like for in-depth, everyone will want to do a reading with someone. And I recommend Sonia. She's the best. She, mm -hmm. she wrote just out of genuine, like love. She sent me, Sonia, you sent me like, I think it was like a five, six, seven page document of my human design chart, which was so sweet. You just went into everything um, for me, which was just so nice. I mean, I, I know you're so dedicated and passionate about this work and about helping others. So highly recommend mm. looking in with Sonia, but if someone just Thank wants you. to look at the basics, yeah. Where would you recommend listeners go to online for that? Yeah. So I always liked my body graph because I like the clear colors. Um, <laughs> so I use mybodygraph.com um, and I also use myhumandesign.com. So yeah, so those are great resources. Yeah, I go into my readings are at least an hour um, over Zoom and you get the recording and write up. Um, and yeah, I tell you all the things. Um, but really the most important things to master about your design are your energy type, which includes your strategy um, and your authority, which is like your unique flavor of intuition. Like if you master those two, then everything else in your chart kind of falls into place. But it's, you know, it's fun to know all the things. I kind of discourage people from just getting a human design reading because unless you really implement it and live it, um, you know, it's it's cool to to know, but I feel like you really need to practice it. And And it's taken me a few years to really live my design and, and it's, it's a process. So that's why I, I encourage people to, you know, to get coaching and support for me after if, well, if they feel called, of course, but, yeah. um, but however they want to practice living their design. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's one thing to know it just like, okay, cool. I'm a manifesting generator. Got it. But it's a whole other thing to begin to unprogram and step out of the box and like into that alignment for you. And it takes work. It takes practice, takes some handholding. So 
coaches are perfect for that. Mm. Another tool, Sonia, that you use that you've mentioned is Site K. And this is a tool that is meant to help reprogram our subconscious minds. And I briefly got to experience a session with you last week, which I loved so much. I was so giddy mm -hmm. after our experience together. Can you talk to us a bit about Site K and why reprogramming our subconscious is so important? Sure. So, you know, before I found Site K in August, or Site K found me in August 2021, I was kind of practicing my beliefs, saying them, writing them. It took a long time to change your beliefs, right? In that way. So that's because we're practicing them through the conscious mind. And, and you know, you can, you can obviously reprogram the subconscious in different ways, like getting into a relaxed state and then saying mantras or repeating affirmations. But um, Psyche is really much quicker way and much easier way to to change and grow and evolve and really the most fun that I found um, to do it and you know and and why we work on the subconscious first of all is because it's so much more powerful than the conscious mind it, it runs at least 95 percent of our lives 95 to 99 percent with the conscious only being one to five and it just processes like thousands of events at a time. It has a much more powerful processor of 40 million bits of information per second versus the conscious being only 40. So 40 million versus 40 is a pretty big difference. So, um, so that's why the change also can happen so quickly in the subconscious. And especially through this tool, you can use Psych-K to reprogram um, any trauma, any stressful situations that you experienced in the past or are currently experiencing to bring you more peace and to balance both the hemispheres of your brain around the situation. So get the two hemispheres of your brain to, to talk. So to be whole brains about the situation. That's one area we can work with, um, trauma and stress and anxiety. And then the other areas we can program specific beliefs. If you feel insecure, for example, you might program the beliefs like I am confident or I consistently feel confident. Or for example, another belief like I trust myself or I trust my body. You know, those statements have to be positively stated and emotionally meaningful to you because the subconscious is really uh, attracted to emotions. And, and we use uh, muscle testing to determine whether you're, you're whole-brained about a trauma or a situation or about a statement. And then if you're not, um, then we can reprogram both. So yeah, I'd love to hear how you, you know, how you felt after, after what we did. Yeah, yeah. Well, I first want to just harp over that point that 95% of our brain activity is from our subconscious. That means we are operating as, as adults every day, operating 95% from uh, our subconscious mind, which I believe was developed when we were children, like when we were in a theta mm -hmm. brainwave state, in a state of hypnosis, when we were sponges as children. So what we learned from people have different theories, but I believe it's like when you're born to age six is, is what I stick with. That's when we are in that brainwave state and we are learning like how the world is from the lens of whatever experiences we have. We're now like using and operating off of as adults because that's what's stored in our subconscious. So that is just huge, huge. I mean, reprogramming the subconscious is such a beneficial tool for healing. If you are continually stuck in a pattern and you don't understand why you keep acting the way that you are, go to the subconscious. It is so beneficial to help reprogram certain beliefs and um, ideas about yourself and the world around you. But yeah, my experience with you, Sonia, I felt the energy like at work instantly. I mean, I'm very sensitive. As soon as we started, I had chills everywhere. It worked 
so quickly. Like you don't even know exactly what is happening, but you just know that something's happening. Like you're like, there's movement Mm -hmm. here. Like there's something going on. And I just remember feeling like so blissed out. I felt so much lighter. The rest of the day I was on top of the world. I just felt so good. That was, it was such a wonderful Mm -hmm. experience. Thank you for giving me that gift. I I loved it so much. And Something that you recently went through um, was a difficult circumstance in a relationship. And I know that you cite Kay to help get you out of it. Can you talk to us a bit about that experience? Sure. Yeah. And, and well, I just want to mention, like, I love doing psyche with people because, you know, I feel their energy shift around a situation or a statement and it feels so good. So I get high on psych K. (laughs) (laughs) It's a drug. Yes. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So um, the the recent situation, I mean, I'm still going through it. So, (laughs) you know, it's it's not um, easy. And and I've had a lot of work around um, romantic relationships. You know, I, I guess I had a lot of programming that was not really serving me in many ways you know as women I think we're taught to really be in our masculine especially in our in our careers all areas of our life it gets translated like okay set goals and and kind of push to get to your goal and I realized I was really doing that in in the romantic context, then I wasn't really allowing myself to be in my feminine. Again, I was in my head and not in my heart. I was into the doing and planning and managing instead of the being. Um, And just, I think from this perspective of having to earn love in a way and not realizing that you know, who I am is enough and I deserve to be loved just for existing, you know, and being. And it's funny because it's like, oh, I've done so much, so much personal growth, quote unquote work and healing, but there's always a new layer of awareness and, and, and healing and growth is really a spiral and it's not a, not a line, you know, it's, it's a spiral and you might need to revisit concepts so I'm still, you know, reprogramming things around being it in my feminine and connecting to how I'm feeling, being able to express how I'm feeling, being able to clearly express what I want and what I don't want. And a big belief that I discovered that, you know, my subconscious did not believe was I trust myself to honor my boundaries. So that was a big one that I that I you know reprogrammed recently and yeah just you know because I think uh well especially romantic relationships all our stuff comes up and it's and it's really also about confronting those shadows and yeah stepping into more love for ourselves yeah yeah I mean relationships truly are the biggest mirror for everybody and Of course, we're never going to stop like learning and growing and evolving, but having tools like Psyche K are so beneficial and just to have it in your back pocket or to to have a practitioner on hand like yourself to be able to use it when, when we need it. I mean, it's not like we're, everybody's always going to be continually going through things in their life. So yeah, it's just Mm -hmm. so important. All right, for the last segment, I would love to move into a series of random questions. And this is essentially just where I'm going to pull random questions that I love asking people and you can answer them taking as much time or as little time as you desire. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So Sonia, what is your sun, moon and rising sign in astrology? So my sun is in Cancer. Yay. <laughs> um my moon is in Libra and I have a Virgo rising. And if anyone's into North nodes, my North node is in Aries, South node in Libra. <laughs> Love it. Yes. Virgo rising gang. Yay. <laughs> Do you have any morning routine non-negotiables? Um, well, my breath work practice, um, my ginger tea slash matcha. Um, 
that's my daily ritual and then I I read A Course in Miracles and I journal so yeah Um, those are some of them and also like I you know I try to get out into the sun and and ground as soon as possible and you know I I keep my phone in airplane till after I'm done with my morning spiritual practice dogs or cats uh dogs dogs (laughs) what identities have you had to let go of to fully own who you are today being a good girl um (laughs) being uh this yeah this intellectual this really like educated kind of traditional image of success and then yeah being normal (laughs) (laughs) out the window yeah what is one book that changed the trajectory of your life or the way you view the world that is a good question there were so many and (laughs) Well, I think I am going to say A Course in Miracles because I, I'm going through it for the second time through the lesson and just the, the daily focus on choosing love and letting go of fear is so crucial for me and just made, makes me realize like how much, you know, how much the world wants us to be in fear and and to really forgive and come back to love is an act of rebellion in itself so yeah yeah awesome do you believe it's possible to have an awakening without an element of pain or suffering involved i hope so (laughs) (laughs) i don't i don't know many of those stories Mm -hmm. and i i do feel like the pain or suffering, yeah, it is often the the catalyst for our growth. So while it's sometimes it's it's tough or it's challenging to be grateful for that, it really does cause people to look for other ways, alternative treatments, um, and really usually starts like the biggest personal growth journey but I think as we do move into this new paradigm I believe that we can grow like growth can be fun and easy like with psych k it's really the most um, enjoyable way to grow so so yeah I think I think anything's possible in in the new world hopefully we will grow through more joy and ease um, and that is more my intention too to assist people in um in growing through um while experiencing more of those lighter emotions yeah wouldn't that be nice (laughs) my like daily Mm. prayers i'm like please allow me to learn my lessons in the flow of life and with ease and grace (laughs) like (laughs) enough of the dark nights of the soul Mm. what is your favorite thing about yourself my my favorite thing about myself is just the willingness to yeah, to kind of leave behind all those those identities that were not me and really live this unconventional life and also being resilient and whatever is happening, I know I I will always be okay and I'll move through it. And yeah, that like that having that trust in myself that I can handle whatever comes. Mm-hmm. What are you most grateful for today? Today, well, my life in general. I mean, I, I live in Miami Beach, which is a dream come true. I I live by the ocean, which like is a less than a 10 minute walk. Um, you know, that's that's really magical. And and being able to do the work that I do and and help people like I, I spent so much of my life doing things I didn't want to do so now it's really that I you know I am grateful that I allow myself to really as much of the time do things that really light me up that's such a gift that's freedom (laughs) Mm. if I handed you a microphone right now Sonia and you were able to broadcast one message out into the entire world you have all ears listening in what would you want to say 
It sounds so simple, but what came through when you were asking that is love is the answer. And yeah, like just moving in the direction of love instead of fear. And um, that's all. <laughs> yeah, that's all. No, no further explanation required. Awesome. And finally, Sonia, before we close out, where can people find you and connect with you and your offerings? Shout out your social media and website. Yeah. So yes, my Instagram is at Sonia Patetska. So S-O-N-I-A-P-E-T-E-C-K-A. And I'm sure it will be in the show notes. Um, and my website is soniapatetska.com. So check that out. I have these journaling prompts for your energy type there if you want to start living more in alignment with um, with your design and yeah lots of information about human design psyche you'll find my booking link both on instagram and um, on my website so yeah connect with me there wonderful I love you so much. Thank you for just your authenticity today. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy. Like, thank you just for showing up to your mission in this lifetime. I know that the work you're doing right now helps bring people back to themselves and learn to love themselves exactly as they are, which is just so needed. You are so important in this world. The work you're doing is just so needed in this world. I feel honored you came on the show today and yeah, I just can't wait to continue to watch you blossom and evolve in this like game of life. We're all playing together. I think you're just getting started. So thank you so, so much. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Sonia Potesca and really took something away from all that Sonia shared. If you enjoyed what you heard today, would you do me the biggest favor and leave either a rating or a review on whatever platform you're currently listening from? What this does is it essentially just allows more people to be able to find the show and hear all the guests that come on. If you have any questions for me, feel free to reach out on social media at Ali Carsant. Otherwise, I will catch you on the next one.